you can put your hands together and give God praise if you will. Glory to God. From the book of James, this is a continuation of a message that we started on Monday night, on Wednesday night, excuse me. It's a continuation of the message we started on Wednesday night. In the book of James, if you will, and a lot of you that were here, that's something that God is trying to make us aware of. And I want us to realize the importance, glory to God, of love and unity. I believe the Lord is dealing with us about love and about unity. I believe that one of the reasons we do not have great success in anything is the fact that we fail to love properly. Love is not, from God's perspective, a feeling. Love, from God's perspective, is a commitment. Are you committed to loving your brother are you committed to loving your sister? I want to give you this, and then we're going to backtrack some from, from, the, from Wednesday. We're going to go back. But in the book of James, chapter 3, verse, I'm going to begin at verse 13. Will you stand with me and listen with your Bibles? Please stand to, for the reading of the word. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitterness, excuse me, if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom cometh, cometh not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying is, or where, there, where, where envy and strife 
is, there is confusion and every evil work. But wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and, of, and good fruits, without partiality, and without, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. One more scripture. Don't sit down just yet. Second Timothy, if you will. Chapter 2. Verse 20. But in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. But if a man therefore purge or cleanses himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit of meat for the master's use. And prepared unto every good work. Father, in Jesus' name. God, this is your word. These are your people. Allow me to speak out of your heart. To edification, exhortation, and comfort. Confirm your word, Lord, with signs and wonders following. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you be seated? title of this message is in a great house in a great house and if we would put a subtitle we would use principles of love and unity principles of love and unity in a great house Matters not where, what church or church building you are a part of or you belong to or what fellowship you are a part of. In every church, every gathering, there are vessels of gold and of silver. God does not make a distinction in the sense of who's going to be that. There's also vessels of wood and of earth. God does not decide who's going to be that. You decide that. As a believer, as a Christian, you decide what kind of vessel you're going to be. What use will you be in God's kingdom? In your house, and I said this Wednesday, said this Wednesday night, in your house, you have some vessels that you don't bring out until guests, most, most houses. I'm sure it was like that in my house, and I said this Wednesday night, that there are certain vessels, utensils, that you don't let anybody handle, amen, unless it is some, you're trying to entertain some people. 
Glory to God. There are some things that you use every day. There's some stuff in your house. I guarantee it. If I visited your house, went in your kitchen, there are some things that you use every day. Glory to God. And if I visited and I've never been there before and you invited me, you will probably break out the stuff that you want to try to impress me with. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't, you don't let, you, you don't let your gold and silver be for everyday use. I promise you. Glory to God. Somewhere in the drawer, you got, if you got some gold and silver, I promise you, you got it locked away. You got to hit. Amen. And you don't want your youngins or children going in there messing with it every meal. You want, you want to save that for when you are entertaining and having special events in your house. Hallelujah. I need you to understand the importance of that, 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 that vessel of gold and of silver and you set it out on the table when you have guests there and you entertain a special event. But on today, this evening when you get out, that's not going to happen. Glory to God. You're going to pull them glasses that's probably a place that's scratched all up and, and forks and spoons that's made out of tin Paper plates, paper cups. It'll serve the purpose, but they are, they are for menial use. You can drop them, promise you. Nobody, not, not I know, not, nobody I know will save the paper plate when they get through with it. And it is a utensil. It is, a, it is something you can use. Paper cups, they are vessels. David, they're vessels, but they're not, they're not gold and silver. And you can drop that stuff and throw it away, bowl, uh, uh, just get through it, tear it up, ball it up, and throw it away. You can't do that with gold and silver. You're not going to do that with gold and silver. You're not going to do that when you have those vessels that are expensive, priceless. Come on, somebody. In God's house. There are vessels of gold and silver and of wood and of earth. Not that God prefers one person over another. The question is, what is your passion toward God? Which kind or what kind of vessel are you striving to be like? What's your attitude toward God and toward God's people? How do you treat people who are in God's house? What's your prayer life like? What's your commitment to being on time like? What's your attitude toward faithfulness? How do you deal with people that you disagree with? These things will determine what kind of vessel you're going to be in God's house. What are you doing when there are disturbances? Are you the agitator, glory to God, or the person who is trying to bring peace? These things in a great house. Glory to God. Are you the person that people runs to and dump junk into? 
that tell all of the negativity, tell everything about somebody's faults and flaws, failures and mistakes. Are you the kind of vessel that carry junk? You don't put junk in gold and silver. Hallelujah. In your house, and I'm willing to guarantee, I've never been to your house, some of your houses, but there is a vessel in there called a trash can. You, nobody I know has a golden trash can. I've said no one I know. Maybe somebody who's a multi-billionaire can afford to put trash in a gold trash can. But nobody I know does that. Most people are sensible. Most people are not outlandish in their thinking as it pertains to doing stuff. How do you respond when people bring you negativity? How do you, what, are you, what is your response when there is disturbances in your local church or in the pew? On the praise team, musicians, amen, on the deacon board, in any ministry. What's your attitude? What are your words? Are you the peacemaker or the peace breaker? You have to decide what kind of vessel you're going to be. Are you easily agitated, upset, throw temper tantrums? Get mad. Kick over a pew or chair. Since we don't have any pews, we got chairs. Well, that wouldn't happen in a church. You would be surprised. There are some people, glory to God, that cannot contain their anger. Anger is supposed to reside in the bosom of a fool. You cannot be a vessel of honor and be a person that cannot control your anger, your tongue. Say, some of us say anything. This is going out all over the world. This is a message that's, I know, according to Deaconess Waters, it's going to go down to, go down to Costa Rica at least. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's in Africa right now. In South Africa for sure. But in a great house, in your house, there's going to be vessels of gold and silver, of wood and earth. The writer, James, is writing this so that we understand that you don't have to be wood and earth. You can be a valuable instrument for God's use. You can bring healing and deliverance. You can break chains and shackles. You can put down, glory to God, disturbances, disagreements. It's quite quiet in here. You have to decide 
what you're going to be. Can God use me? Not just in the pulpit, because sometimes we only think God uses us when we are in the forefront, when we are out front, or when we, glory to God, are singing like the praise team or the musicians who are ministering. In every, listen, in every ministry, in every situation, you're going to have some disagreements. There will be things that, that will require somebody with a level head. Do you get bent out of shape easy or easily? Are you temperamental? One of the things the Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Woo! Are you easily to get mad and stay mad? Oh, God, touch me here today. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. Be angry and sin not. How do I do that? Some of us get angry and we just say anything. Glory to God, sometimes the worst thing you can do is say something when you're angry. To get angry, don't say be angry, not, not that getting angry is a sin. Getting angry is not a sin. All of us will get angry at some point. It's what you do after you get angry. It's what you say while you're angry. Hello, somebody. Bible didn't say it was wrong to get angry. Jesus was angry at unrighteous things, indignant about behaviors that people exhibited when they should have been practicing righteousness, glory to God, when they were pretending to be holy and pretending to be teachers, Jesus was angry. When Jesus was about to pray for a man whose hand was shriveled up, if I'm Mr. N, and it was on the Sabbath day and there was your critics had critics that were already projecting their dislike for him to heal on the Sabbath day. And they didn't care about the man who had a problem. He had a hurt. He had a pain. He had a, he had a situation that required ministry. They were concerned about the legalistic aspects. In other words, don't heal him today. Let him come back tomorrow and get healed. I don't care who you are. What if the doctor tells you that? You are hurting with excruciating pain and you go to the doctor and he tells you to come back. You go back home and come back on tomorrow. Oh, I promise you, glory to God, amen. Even with salvation, you would struggle, amen, to not have some choice words for this man. It is not rational to believe that that is okay. That kind of thinking is not, is not okay. When somebody is hurting, they need, they need somebody to, uh, to, that's going to bring healing. And as Jesus is standing there ministering and the critics, the religious people, Jesus was angry with the religious people. In other words, they were legalistic. They, they had all of the, the words of the law, but they didn't have the passion of God. They didn't have the heart of God. They had legalism. They had 
They had words, but they didn't know the heart of God. God cared more about people's pains and hurt than he did, amen, about a particular day. You should understand this is important. In a great house, there are not just gold and silver vessels, but there are some, there are some wood and earth. There are some vessels of honor that are used for noble reasons. And there are some vessels that you use for some ignoble purpose, or that will be used for ignoble purposes. When I read James, I wanted us to grasp this because this is important because we have to make sure that the enemy don't creep in and bring something into the house that don't need to be in the house, that will contaminate the vessel. Hello, somebody. James began to talk about particular issues that most churches and most people will face. He was talking about to us. He said to us, glory to God, as he began to talk about the church, he began to deal with some serious, serious issues that we need to deal with. Talked about the wise. In the house, it ought to be somebody who is wise, somebody with knowledge. Somebody say hallelujah. If you've been saved for a while, you ought to have some wisdom. If you have no wisdom, this is a good season to pray for some. Because the Bible says if you have no wisdom, ask God for some. Somebody say hallelujah. Ask God for wisdom sometimes, not what to do, but then what not to do. Ask God for wisdom not to speak. Glory to God. Not to be quick to speak. Ask God for wisdom, amen, of who you might not need to be the person that this person needs to talk to. Ask God for wisdom to know how to release that person to the right person. Ask God for wisdom. He said, who then in the house? And let's use this term. Let's transfer this into the house. Who then in the house is wise? Hallelujah. Everybody in the house, glory to God, may not act with wisdom. Sometimes it's immaturity. Sometimes sometime it's because they are, they've been hurt by somebody and still, they still haven't gotten healed yet. And so rather than allowing themselves to get healed, they go ahead and say something that they shouldn't say. And they hurt and wound. Listen, God sends people to us not so we can wound them some more. Not so we can hurt them some more. We are in the healing business. We in the, the church is in the people business. We are in, listen, if you don't want to deal with folks, you're in the wrong place because God's church, a church is where people come to get healed, not to leave here worse than when they came here. People come to get healed. Glory to God. What's coming out of your mouth? Glory to God, that can bring healing. Words of comfort, words of encouragement. The, this is important, and I need you guys to grasp this. This is a great season to familiar, familiarize yourself with the word of God because this is what we use to bring healing and bring reconciliation and deliverance to people who are wounded and hurt. Not your feelings. Not my feelings. Give people the word of God. Don't borrow some stuff you got from the world. Give them the word of God. 
operate. Ask God to help you operate with the tongue of the learned. Ask God to help you to learn to speak a word in season. Not just a word, but a word in season. Somebody say hallelujah. You can say anything is a word, anything, but how about a word that is timely, the word that is needed for the moment. A word that's needed for the circumstance. The word that's needed for the situation. Ask God to help you to be that person. The vessel of gold. The vessel where people come to you. They're coming to you because, amen, there's value in your words. Not coming to you because you got a house, because you got a car, because you got big pockets or deep pockets, whatever that's supposed to mean. I know rich folks that's fools. Truly, I know rich people who operate in a foolish way. I know wealthy people, glory to God, and seemingly successful people who I wouldn't want to be sending my, my children or you to get counsel from. They're cruel and hard and harsh. You cannot operate on any level in God's house in any ministry if you're cruel and you're hard and you're cold-blooded. One of the things I'll ask God to do on a consistent basis, God, purge out of me, cleanse me from anything that is negative, ungodly, immoral, unholy, or wicked. I ask God to do this Purge it out of me. Why? Because here's the principle. Whatever is in you is what's going to come out of you. Cleanse me from this stuff so when I open my mouth, I'm speaking life. Whatever's in a vessel in your house, when you, glory to God, when you pick it up and pour it out, it's, you pour out what's in it. When God wants to, wants, to, wants to use you, he wants to pour out what's, hopefully what's in you is good. Or you can pour out poison, but nobody, you don't want people to drink poison. A vessel can hold, glory to God, vile stuff just as well as it can hold good stuff. Which brings me to my next, the next aspect of this. What is going inside of you? What are you feeding yourself? What are you pouring into yourself? Before you can pour a vessel out, something has to be poured into the vessel. What are you fit and what am I fit to pour out? What will come out of me when I am offended? What comes out of you when you're offended? When somebody hits your last nerve? You know, every now and then there's that person that gets that last one. Hallelujah. You were, you was holding on until they hit that last one. Out of the, here's what, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks it ain't no accident that out of the abundance of your heart, what's coming out of you was in you. And don't blame the devil. 
Stop blaming the devil for what's in your vessel. You made yourself, I make myself available as to what is in me. So I will pour out what I fill myself with. While you on this fast, meditate on the word day and night. Thou shalt meditate in the word day and night. Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. Then you will have good success. What's going in you? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What came out? What comes out of you? What comes out of me as a believer when things go difficult? When somebody rubbed me wrong. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we, we, and let, let me say this. For all of you that have an illusion about church, an illusion. Make sure you understand. And it's an illusion. There are sick folks in the church. Like any hospital. Glory to God. If you, you go to the emergency room, why are you shocked? Because there are sick folks there. Oh, these sick people in here. This is where they're supposed to be. It blows my mind that we're shocked. And I hear people say this. All of these people up here are sick. That's what they're up there for. They're sick. Matter of fact, that's why you came. Nobody in their right mind, and I'm going to say this, nobody in their right mind goes to the emergency room, amen, because he ain't got nothing else to do. Every time I've ever gone to the emergency room, I went because I had an issue. I need you to understand that people who come to church have issues. This is what the word of God for. This is what the word is for. It is to help us get delivered. It is medicine for what's wrong with the human being. All of us have something that we need help with this morning. Present company included. Man with the mic included. All of us have something we need God to, to heal this morning or deliver. Sometimes I'm not going to get healed. Sometimes I'm going to get something out of me like a splinter, like something I ate that I can't pass. Come on, somebody. Sometimes the reason we messed up is we got something in us. You don't need a pill for that. You need, some of you need surgery. Some of us need surgery. I need you to, I need, I got, if I got something in me that got stuck in me because I ran up on something, it may not require superficial, you know, I put it like this, it don't require a band-aid. There are some things you can treat at home. Somebody say Hallelujah. There are some things you can put a band-aid on, but there are some things, glory to God, you're wounded deep. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Anybody, has anybody been wounded deeply? And, and if you don't get healed, glory to God, you will become infected. And if you become infected, you be, we sometimes become infectious. In essence, it don't just hurt you. Eventually, if you don't deal with it, it hurts somebody else.
What are you trying to say? Well, like COVID. If you don't deal with COVID, all of these smart folks, and I don't mean no harm, that's up to y'all. And some of y'all might be in here. Send me a letter, whatever you want to do. But I ain't the smartest man in the world. But rational, I think I'm pretty rational. I'm pretty rational. Glory to God. And I'm going to say this because we use this. You don't know. People say the same thing about the word of God. How do you know that's the word? How do you know that word is from God? How do you know what's in that pill? How do you know what's in that shot? It's amazing to me. You buy aspirin, excedrin, amen. We buy all kinds of stuff. And none of you, none of us know what's in it. We, it, it says Take two and for the pain. Some of us are hallelujah. Glory to, and, and even if you're reading the ingredients, you don't know what the word you're reading, not unless you're a chemist. Hallelujah. We want healing where we want healing at. at we, want, we, want, we want medicine for what we want medicine from, for. Rather than, so you can't use just some of the word. You got to use all of it. One of the things you can't ever do when it comes to the word, you can't just eat part of it. You got to eat the whole thing. Somebody say hallelujah. It is amazing to me, it's amazing to me that people quote scriptures, amen, glory to God, sometimes for their own convenience, the ones that makes them feel good or justifies where they are, that they may not be sick here, but you're sick in some other areas. There's some pills for you in this other area too. There's a word for you in this area also, not just for the stuff you're doing right. If you really want to be a blessing, be healed. The one thing I know about, one thing I know about life, healed people, people who are whole can heal other folks. Sick people have a tendency to spread stuff. Hurt people usually hurt other folks. That's why it's important you get healed. That's why it's important you forgive people. Come on, somebody. That's why it's important that you let it go. Somebody hurt you, let it, let it go. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't see us trying to hold on to COVID or some of the other sickness. Let it go. You have to let these things go. I'm about finished. I'm just about finished this portion. I told y'all this, told you Wednesday night. This is an ongoing message. And we need, to re we need to realize that God wants his body healed. He wants his church healed. Jesus is not coming back for a sick bride. Hallelujah. He's not coming back, amen, for an immature bride. That's another part. We need to mature. We need to grow up. Hallelujah. Nobody, let me say this to you. Let me say this. None of us are disturbed when babies cry. You shouldn't be agitated. Oh, baby's crying. Ah! Why is that? He's a baby. A baby cries when they're wet, when they're hungry, 
Amen. When they have bowel movements, when they, when they have some, when they're agitated, they cry. They don't have the ability to articulate what the issue is. Somebody said, this is why I must say to us who have been in church for a while, that's been saved for a while, stop being shocked when babes in Christ are crying. They're supposed to until they learn the language. Until they learn how to talk. So you got to teach them the language. You got to teach a baby how to, how to talk. He's crying. And he starts saying, Dada. Well, and that's good for baby. But if you're 50 years old and that's, what you, that's all you're saying, something wrong. <laughs> if that is the extent of your vocabulary, something bad wrong. I need you to understand that if there's something wrong, if that is as much, Naomi can make sentences. I, I know I haven't heard her talk lately. Amen. But she can talk pretty good. Glory to God. But if, and, and, and her, her vocabulary may not be as extensive as some of yours. Because she's a child. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. In the house, I spake as a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a man or a mature person, I put away childish things. As a child, there's some things that you would do that children do. Say, and even understand, your understanding is limited. But as you are in the house the longer you're in the house, and I got, I got five younger, I got five kids. I call them youngers, but amen, they're grown people now. I am now experiencing grandchildren and great grands. Hello. I'm praying that what I imparted to them in the house, amen, is going to be, be demonstrated, manifested, and passed on to my grandchildren who I don't see that regular, but I'm praying that my sons and my daughters will impart some of the things that we've taught them in the house. Hallelujah. You got to teach them how to speak. There is a language in God's kingdom. There's a king. In every kingdom, there's a king. In every kingdom, there is a kingdom language. And you got and you gotta learn the kingdom language. You gotta learn to say what the king would want you to say. Hallelujah. You can't go to France and tell them to learn English. Are you crazy? It's called France. And they speak French. The, the, the offender is not the French while they are in while you're in France. The person who is Handicap is not the French. I'm handicapped. I took French. Flunk French. Well, I passed with a D. <laughs> have been to France. Have been to France. I, yes, I have been to France. I should have listened. <laughs> Had no idea I ever go to France. Been there a couple of times. And I still don't know French. 
as much as I was in that class, the most I got out of there is parlez-vous français. Pitiful. I'm blessed to get out with a D. Sometimes we, we, we're being taught, and even in the house of God, some of, some of us, are waste, we waste time. We don't learn the language. We don't learn how God talks. We don't learn how to act the way God wants you to act. Because remember, amen, it's his house. In a great house, and the house is God's house. We have to decide how valuable we're going to be. You've got you to learn the kingdom language. And let me say, you've got to learn the kingdom behavior. There are some things the king of glory don't want you doing. There are some things that the king of glory don't want you saying. He don't want you beating up on the citizens of his kingdom. He don't want you, amen, being harsh to the citizens of his kingdom. He don't want you, glory to God, borrowing, amen, worldly things and concepts and ideals, amen, that don't fit into his kingdom. In a great house. How valuable are you? Nobody, and let me say this, nobody in their right mind is going to call me, glory to God, and say, Roundtree, I want you to come to France and I want you to be an interpreter. Nobody in their right minds going to do that. I'm trying to get you to understand that that is also true when we don't learn the things of God. When we waste time, we, we, we don't meditate in the word. We don't learn how God talks and how God deals with people. Nobody's going to ask you to come and resolve certain things that has to do with kingdom matters. That's going to do that. That's not how that, that's not how that works. Glory to God. So the thing that James was looking at in this great house, he began to identify some behaviors, and I'm beginning to identify some behaviors in our church that, that I didn't teach. So the, the things that I didn't learn it from somebody that taught me, and I didn't teach it to the ones who I'm teaching. And so James begins to say, who is a wise and, in, and, and who is endued with knowledge among you? Who? Who in here, glory to God, can operate and function in wisdom? Who knows how God handles things because they are familiar with the language and the, and the behavior and the heart of God. See, this teaches me the heart of God. Ah! See, when, I, when, my mom, excuse me, when my wife and I used to leave home, and see, I found out my son used to, used to fight, used to make, my, make my, my daughters fight and stuff like that. My oldest son. I didn't know that. But I didn't teach him that. Found that out later. While he was grown because I found out that he was, he was, he was putting them, I guess, against one another. What, what did you do? Yeah, I bet you they remember what they did, what they, what they do. Hey, wait, hey, hey, we're gone. Okay, okay. Sh Shannon, you don't remember? Huh? Huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. You remember what Carlo did when we would be gone? I can't hear you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but now, it, it was not, it was not what I taught them. What I would, my wife and I would stress was getting along being, and behaving and, and treating each other nice. But, amen, I guess that he wait, we leave home. And that's what some of us do when we are not in the house. We op- have a tendency to operate or when daddy and mama is not, or when nobody's watching, or when you don't think God sees you. It's a behavior. I got to close this. I got to close part two. And so, let me, let me make sure I get to the end, of, and at least to the middle. Okay. So, who then is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show, show out of a good country, noble living, good conversation, excuse me. The word conversation here, I'm in James chapter 3, verse 13. Let him show out of a good conversation. This has nothing to do with words. This has to do with noble living. Let him show how to live. Let him show how to live the way God wants him to live. How you do that? His good works. With meekness. Humility of wisdom, which is the proper attitude of true wisdom. Hallelujah. Of true wisdom. Let him, if you are wise, show out of a good conversation, out of noble living, his good works. See, good works won't save you. But once you are saved, you are to practice good works. Good works won't save you. I don't care how good you think you are. You can't be good enough for God. But after you are saved, we practice good works. How we treat one another, how we talk to one another. Hallelujah. When guests come, y'all remember the lessons you got when guests would come to the house? If you grew up in my house, you shut up. Amen. You got somewhere while they were talking, you got somewhere and sat down and be quiet. Hallelujah. I, I can tell some of y'all didn't grow up, amen, in, in, in my day and time. I, 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 I'm telling you what I know. And you never got into grown, as they say, grown people conversation. Yeah, you tried it. Rodney said he tried one time and daddy mashed his mouth together. Grab it, grab it. <laughs> you, you never, you, it, it's, it's, it's called respect. Somebody said hallelujah. It's not that you don't have something to say, but this ain't your conversation. And what it taught them was respect for authority. Whoa! God have mercy. I know some of y'all say, end this message. I clap, I'm coming to you, and I'm trying, God, no. Listen to me. This is important. 
Let him show out of a good conversation, a lifestyle. What is your lifestyle in the house? Not work, not words, excuse me, because some of us talk a good talk. My brother, uh, he dead now. I have forgiven him. But my, my mom and dad would leave, he would beat us like he, we stole something. He beat us like he was not my brother. Hello, somebody. No, he didn't have to have a reason. It's just cruel. You can't do that as a sister and a brother. You cannot beat up on your siblings. I don't care if you know, even if it's mental or mentally or emotionally or even spiritual, it's called abuse. Even if they have issues, you are not there to abuse them. Your word your, 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 your position is to embrace them. They're still your brother. I don't care if they're flawed. They're still your sister. I don't care, amen, they have, have sexual identity, identity issues. They're still your brother. I don't care if they're the biggest whore in the world. They're still your brother. Or your sister. Not that, not that you ignore the fault but you have to recognize it's still your brother or your sister. Are y'all listening to me? I'm not going to put my endorsement on their behavior, but that's my brother. That's my sister. Somebody say hallelujah. Stand to your feet. I got the clothes. This is part two. If you want part three, I'll see you Wednesday night. Because I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just getting warmed up. I want you to get your communion because I need, you to, I need you to understand, taking communion when you don't get along with, fe- with people, glory to God, is a foolish thing to do. Taking communion, glory to God, when you have hate in your heart is not wise. Glory to God, taking communion when you have not forgiven your brother or your sister is not a good thing to do. When you don't love them, are y'all listening to me? This is a sacred act. Come up here, baby. This is a sacred act. This is a very sacred thing. I said this other week. When Jesus was about to eat this meal, he ate it with people, not with everybody. He ate it with people he was in covenant with. He ate this with people he was in covenant with. And, excuse me, do me a favor. Give me that piece of bread right there. He used, and, and what we're doing, and this is the thing that have disturbed me, we're getting further and further apart from each other because the church has gotten to a point to where we're having to do this. Separate. What Jesus did, did was, what Jesus did was take from one loaf. He took from a whole loaf, broke a piece and passed it or passed it to the next or they took a piece themselves. Are y'all listening to me? They not only did they use the one loaf principle, they used the one cup principle. They drank from one cup. Why? Because 
We're dealing with love and unity. Hallelujah. And there, yes, and, and there was somebody at the table that had some issues. Judas was at that table. But Jesus did not make a distinction when it came to love. Even if they got faults, you got to love them. Somebody said hallelujah. Even if they've got issues, you got to love them. Jesus knew that Judas was betraying him. But love prevailed. And he offered him what he offered everybody else. He gave to him just like he was giving to everybody else. He ate with him like he ate with Peter and James and John and the rest of them. He's talking about love and unity. The one loaf principle, the one cup principle. We, on the other hand, have had to come and do this. I've only been in one church service where I saw the one loaf and one cup principle practice. And strangely, it was a Lutheran church. And I think, was it at a funeral? I went to a funeral. They did the communion at the funeral. And they took from the one loaf, took from the one, and they drank from one cup. Hello? Ah. That's, that's what it really looks like. That's what love really looks like. Might not be a good idea in this, in this atmosphere right here, though. Because we're dealing with COVID. This is safe for right now. But I want you to consider in your heart the one loaf principle that this piece of bread should have come from one piece. One whole piece. Very small, but we're not here to feed you. It's not a meal. I promise you, you're not going to get full right. Not this, not, this, not this morning. The night that Jesus was betrayed, I need you to understand, while he was being betrayed, and while his betrayal was in progress, the Bible says he took bread and he blessed it and he said, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. After what he took the cup. And he said, This cup is in the represents the new covenant. The new covenant. The new covenant. Symbolic of the blood. And they drink from that one cup. Drink you all. Thank you, Lord. 
Oh, bless the Lord. The Bible says that when they finished that, they sang a hymn and they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like I once was alone. I want those people that are seeking to build a house or have a house or buy a house. I want you to come and I want to pray over you. Praise God. I see God doing it. I see God doing it. I see God putting it in order. I see God making a right connection. Praise God. Praise God. 